of lads are le- leaving. And honestly, I turned up to pre-season this year. I was looking around going, where are all my mates? Where <laughs> are the grown-ups? I don't know where they've all gone. Because honestly, some of these kids are like 17 some of the lads have got their A-level results today. So they... Oh, bless them. Uh, and they did all, they did, I can't believe how clever they are like, as well. Like, they're all getting A-stars and, and stuff. Brilliant. So, yeah, but like, I do feel like the dad of the group, which I always used to take the piss out of the ones that are really old, and now yeah. I'm that person. So, yeah, it's <laughs> going to take a bit of getting used to, I think. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Celebrity Search Engine with me, Abby McCarthy. We've been scouring the internet high and wide and looking at those Google autofill suggestions to find the questions the world most want answered about their favourite celebs. Every week, we're bringing a new guest onto the podcast to face up to the Celebrity Search Engine. We've got the all-important questions. Hopefully, they'll have the answers. Things could get very lively from now on in. All right, let's get started. On the show this week is a guy who has played rugby at the highest level, racking up 84 caps for England and over 300 caps for Harlequins. This cheeky chappy and scrum half from Leeds will be doing his very best to answer your questions and searches. It's none other than Danny Kerr. Hello, Danny Kerr, and a big welcome to the podcast. Hey, Abby, thanks for having me on. So whereabouts do we find you right now? What's been going on for you today? I have been at training, so we're back into pre-season training. I'm, I'm old now, so this is my 17th <laughs> pre-season. Um, and it's basically just me and a load of kids because I'm like the only old one left. So yeah, it's, I'm still clinging on there. But no, it's good. I can't complain. I've had a nice day. We did some weights and did some swimming today so that was okay. our training for the day it wasn't too bad and are you and the lads still on a high from winning the premiership because I think it's fair to say that that nobody really expected Harlequins to do it did they no they didn't we we proper burgled that that premiership which <laughs> makes it feel even more special I think uh, yeah obviously I'd won one nine years ago and I kept harping on about it everyone's like just give it a rest like it's it happened ages ago and I was like <laughs> wind your neck in I know I just wanted that feeling again and then yeah we we did it and we did it playing a cool brand of rugby we threw the ball around had some fun did it with a smile on our face so that for me me, me makes it even more special yeah absolutely love that I've seen the video of you and the lads celebrating in the changing room and it is absolute carnage so I want the juice on this night like how did you all celebrate we've seen that where did it go from there what can you say (laughs) what can you not say 
Yeah, I'll say it all. I don't mind. It was it was big. It was big because we'd we'd had lockdown. Obviously, we hadn't been able to really drink as a team or celebrate mm-hmm. or even do any socials, whether we'd won or not. So then yeah. we kind of said, look, if we win it, and the timings were pretty cool, it was going to be after the, the the sort of lockdown was lifted. We we're like, we're mm-hmm. going big. So we're going yeah. big. And we like to think at Quinn's we do things a little bit differently. We do go big when we get opportunities to to drink and socialize. So yeah, so from the change rooms, obviously everyone was just going mad. There was beers and cigars and and, and everything in the change rooms and champagne and champagne goggles to get sprayed on and stuff. Excellent. Uh, which is amazing. And then we went over back to our, luckily for, because Twickenham Stadium, the main Twickenham is literally a walk away from our home ground. So it's very unique. We're the only team that gets to walk from their own ground to the final and then walk back. Uh, so then all our family and friends were there. We had loads of drinks. Oh. And, then we, and then we went to a pub in Twickenham and had a proper old school like lock-in. Oh, they're the about, best. The they're absolute the best, best. Yeah. They really are. There was only meant to be about 150. I think there was about 300 strong in there. <laughs> Uh, and the the owner of the place was an absolute legend he basically just he's a massive Quinns fan so I I won't name you because you might get in trouble for hosting this party but we had the most incredible night um, just drinking and singing and dancing into the early hours Uh, and then we all went and fancy dress nine o'clock the next day on a bus we went down to Brighton for the day so there was some weary weary heads (laughs) on the Sunday and then the Monday, the Monday was even better. Obviously, day two is always better than day one, but day three is always, always better than day two. And day three was in the ship in Wandsworth, which I'm sure you must know. Oh, yes. Everyone knows that place, don't they? <laughs> yeah. So, no, we had a good three days. We did, We definitely went for it. Yeah. I mean, you deserved it. You, you've absolutely got to. So before we go any further, let me explain how today is going to work. So we've been through the internet. We found a bunch of stuff that people really want to know about you Danny Kerr it's time for you to face the celebrity search engine and give us those answers that the world is craving are you ready this worries me slightly <laughs> it's yeah I don't know what I have no idea what's going to come up but I'm I'm game I'm, I'm down for it let's go for all it. right let's continue so first let's see what happens when we put in Danny Kerr and the word who I mean the first one's an obvious one who is Danny Care? Obviously, it's always nice and awkward to describe yourself, but let's see what you can come up with. Uh, okay, Danny Care is a northern lad who moved down to London when he was 19 and fell in love with the bright lights and the big city. Never looked back, really. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a rugby player. I'm a husband. I've got two kids. Um, my boy's Blake and my little girl's called Koa. My wife's called Jodie, I should name her. She did produce them. Uh, and, they're, and they're my everything. My fa- family's <laughs> my everything. So, uh, yeah, that, that is me. I'm 34. I'm still trying to play some rugby uh, for a living and trying to put, push off having to find a new career, which is going to have to come very soon. Yeah. Are you thinking about those next stages? I know obviously you do a bit of podcasting, you do work with Five Live. So is that the kind of avenue you think you're going to go into next? Yeah, I hope so. I I really do want to stay involved in in rugby in some capacity. Uh, and I, I love the media side of things. I love talking about the game, whether it be on radio or, or TV. I'd love to try my hand at a bit more of the presenting type type mm-hmm. stuff. So I'm going to try and do a little bit of that. Uh, and also I've done my coaching badges um, 
or one badge, which will hopefully give me a little bit of a, a step up to, to maybe do some coaching. So I'd maybe like to do a few things before I find out what, what my true post rugby calling is, but I don't know. I'll take a job. If you've got a job going up, I'll, <laughs> I'll take it to be honest. Love it. Uh, the next question is who is Danny care married to? Obviously you've just mentioned uh, Jody there. So tell us the story of you two. How did you meet? Yeah, it was quite cool how we met. Uh, I was on the lads holiday um, to Thailand in between seasons um, and it was a year where I couldn't have gone on tour with England and I, I chose not to because um, I wanted to have some time off and just go and have a holiday. And it turned out to be the best decision I ever made because, yeah, it was, it was full moon night in Koh Panyan, uh, and we were at this little hotel on the beach. So the next hotel was having a little pre-full moon party. Mm-hmm. So me and the lads were like, yeah, we'll go. We'll go and have a few drinks and a bit of food and stuff or whatever. And I, and I walked in there and I was walking around for a bit, had a few drinks. I'd, I'd had a couple, so I was a little bit oiled. Um, and then this, this blonde girl walked in uh, into this thing. And I was just like, wow. Like, Hello. Yeah, it, but, it, I, but it was something, something was different. This, I don't know what, I can't explain to you. Something was a little bit different. And we we're about to leave and I was like, mate, I can't. I said to my best friend, Jordan, I was like, I got to, I'm going to have to go and speak to this girl. And he was like, oh, all right, hurry up. We're going to go and get changed. <laughs> So I went over and I found out this girl's called Jodie. She was traveling. Um, she'd done a load of the Asia. She's, in, she's obviously in Thailand now. She's going to go to Australia. Uh, I started talking and then I was like, oh, wow, this girl's like amazing. Um, she obviously thought I was a complete twat, which, which <laughs> I don't blame her because I probably was because I was probably a bit drunk and yeah. I don't know. But I thought I got to speak to her. So long story short, we started chatting, had a good half an hour together. They were like, right, okay. If we see each other the full moon night, you know, it's, it's meant to be, but we'll see what mm-hmm. happens. Cause you know what it's like, there's like 30 or 40,000 people there. Um, and it gets to about 12 o'clock, obviously lots of daiquiri buckets and all sorts going on. And then my mate says, oh, I've got you a present. And I was like, what's the present? And he had Jody in a headlock. So he <gasps> found her on the beach. Great work. Kind of like ushered her towards me. And we were just like, oh, wow, here we go. Um, and then to be honest, it sounds really cheesy and cringy, but it was pretty much for definitely for me, it was like love at first sight. And we and we then spent the rest of the week together. We went to Bali, um, had a week in Bali together, and then she had to go. I had to come back to go back to preseason training. I didn't want to go, but I was like, I'm gonna have to go, otherwise I've, I've not got a job. So I went yeah. home. She went she went to Australia for a month traveling, and then I picked her up from the airport a month later, and then here we are now. Oh, look at that. That's a really good love story, isn't it? The fact that it was it's a nice one. so instant. Yeah. yeah. So do you think, you know, you getting married and then starting your family sort of changed things for you? Because there were a couple of, of wild years, wasn't there? There was. There was some wild years. I think I was young, um, single in London, playing sport. Um, I, was li- I was living the, every sort of boy's dream, really. And with that came bit of booze and partying and I think I definitely kind of wasn't aware of sort of the level not the I kind of wasn't aware that the things that I could do to get in trouble I, I wouldn't have thought I could get in trouble for them basically and I was dream I probably was drinking a little bit too much and not worrying about what happened and then I ended up getting into a couple of scrapes which which weren't great um things that I obviously regret but definitely made me the person I am today. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, I think everyone has little trouble times. I had a bit of a trouble time where I was probably didn't really know what I was doing. I was drinking a bit too much and not really thinking about my actions. Um, and then, yeah, I'm glad that all, I'm glad it all happened to me. I really am because mm. it, it's definitely helped me be a, be a better person. Um, I grew up an awful lot. And then, yeah, obviously I met Jody, uh, and everything kind of changed. We, we actually found out Jody was pregnant nine months after meeting. So it was all a bit of a whirlwind. <laughs> so um, go. It really was. But then when Blake, when Blake came along, he, he was the best thing that ever, ever happened to me. Mm. Um, and yeah, him and Coa now, are obviously, like I say, they're, they're, they're my everything really. Two amazing names as well. Blake yeah, and Carter. Yeah, that. we like we liked Blake. I always wanted Carter. I always wanted Carter Care, but Jody right. didn't like Kaka. So we ended up with Blake, and then Koa we actually made up because we said we met in Copanyan. We just put an A on the Koa. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, and then we actually googled it, and it means gift in Maori. But I mean, I'm not Maori at all, but. Um, she was a little gift. Oh, I love that. How very, very cute. Okay. The next question that people want to know is, uh, who does Danny Care play for? We've obviously been talking about them already, but yeah, talk to us about, about your time with the Harlequins because it's, it's been an amazing career that you've had there. Yeah. So I play for Harlequins. Yeah. I've, I've been here. I'm going into my 16th season with, with Harlequins. So I moved down here as a 19 year old. And now, yeah, 34. Um, I'm really proud that I've played at the club for so long. Not many. Mm-hmm. I think I'm the, the second, got the second most appearances for the club. And the Harlequins is such a illustrious club that I'm really proud that I've played that many, that many years. I love the club. That's why I've never wanted to leave. Um, and yeah, I like everything about it. We're the true London club. I like the, that we do things a little bit differently. I love that mm-hmm. we live in, that we live in London. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's why I've always stayed. Never looked to go anywhere else. And what's the team like? Are you all super close? I'm guessing you must be just because you you play together all the time. But but from from following a few of the players on social media, it seems like you you know you've made some real genuine pals. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're, we're tight. I think most rugby clubs, you'll find that lads are really really close you kind of yeah. have to be because you're doing a ridiculous sport you're just getting your head bashed bashed in every <laughs> week um, but we get paid to do it so it's, it's it's a laugh uh and some of the memories you have um on the pitch obviously it's amazing i'll always remember them but i'll, I'll definitely remember the off-field stuff more than the on-field you know the moments in the change rooms the moments in the pubs lads doing stupid stuff um so yeah, we're we're a tight group. I think you have to be to be successful. And last year, we kind of all come together. Our coach got fired seven months before the final. We all had to come together and really get on board with what we were going to try and do. And and it's probably bore this will bore people that don't like rugby, but we had the worst defensive record in the whole league. But we still managed to win the league, which never happens. Like if you have the worst defence, you're not going to be anywhere near the top. But mm-hmm. we kind of said we'll have that motto of 
we'll score more than you. We don't care how many you score, we'll score more than you. So it was, it was fun. And it took me back to why I picked the ball up when I was five or six, because I wanted to run around and score tries and have a laugh and celebrate and go and, you know, enjoy myself. So yeah, it was, uh, it was really special. So what's it like when you see, you know, friends of yours, like Mike Brownlee, you know, people that you've, you've played with for years, that must be pretty sad. Brownie, everything, ever since I went to Harlequins when I was, I was 19, Brownie was 20, 21. Um, and he, all I've known from Harlequins is with, is with Brownie alongside me. We've played, mm. I think pretty much 300 games together. So I mean, he's the he's the most miserable person you could ever meet in your life. So, <laughs> I, not many people love him, but I'm kind of one of the only few that that do love him. Um, so yeah, it was really it was really sad to see him go because he's he's a Quinns legend. He's got over mm-hmm. 350 caps. No one will ever catch what Brownie's done in a, in a Harlequin shirt. Um, he's a special bloke, special person. Uh, yeah, and I, I will miss him shouting at me. <laughs> Well, a little bit anyway. As a huge and like massive music fan, I want to know like who's the dressing room DJ, who controls the playlist and what are they playing? Oh, there's, a, there's an eclectic group. We've got an eclectic right, okay. group at the moment. Um, so you've got people like, so Joe Marley, Joe Marley's obviously a, a character, one of the strangest people mm-hmm. in the world. <laughs> he, his favourite musician and person is Adele. And he'll bang out Adele classics left, right, and centre. And I'm all, I'm all for that. I, I, I love. Yeah, Adele. I'm imagining um, though all the lads singing along in quite different pitches, and it's being a bit of a mess. But that's fine. Yeah, it's it's awful. It's awful <laughs> when we sing together. But uh, but then there's, I I love a boy band. So we do like a boy band Tuesday wait session where it's for me like, and I make sure it's proper old school boy bands like. Backstreet Boys, Boy Zone, Take That, nice. Five, another level that I'm talking. So like, wow, yeah, um, Bob Diggy, exactly. So I, I like that sort of, I, I to be fair, I, I love a classic. I love an old school boy band song. If I was going to sing karaoke, I'd, I'd do a boy band song. Because we do, we do love our sing songs, rugby, play, rugby players. Yeah, we do that's love true. a sing song. Yeah, so what is your go-to karaoke song then? Have you got a few? So... Yeah, flying without wings. I could, I could oh, knock out. What a song! What yeah. a song! Big up Westlife. Yeah, go on the boys. But my <laughs> my my go to is always Lean on Me. That's kind of it was my first when I first played for England. That was the song I sung on the bus. Uh, so if I was locked in a room and I could only sing one song, that would be that would be the one. All right. Okay, that's quite a, quite a good choice. How are you feeling then about the the season ahead? Feeling good? Feeling pumped? <laughs> I feel old. I feel old. I feel tired. <laughs> yeah, honestly, because a lot of lads are, like you said, a lot of lads are le- leaving. Um, and honestly, I turned up to pre-season this year. I was looking around going, like, where, where are all my mates? Where <laughs> are the grown-ups? I don't know where they've all gone. Because honestly, some of these kids are like 17. Some of the lads are getting their A-level results today. So they... Oh, bless them. Uh, and they did all, they did, I can't believe how clever they are like, as well. Like, they're all getting A-stars and, and stuff. Brilliant. So, yeah, but I do feel like the dad of the group, which I always used to take the piss out of the the ones that are really old, and now yeah. I'm I'm that person. So yeah, it's going to take a bit of getting used to, I think. <laughs> so has rugby like always been your dream? Are you one of those players that you know had a little rugby ball in their in their garden since they were teeny tiny? No, I uh, I was desperate to be a footballer. I I love right, football. Right. Okay. Yeah, I did a, quite a lot of sports. My parents gave me the option to play as many sports as I could. And then I kind of chose the one I, I loved the most. And 
I loved rugby, but football for me was was the one. That's that was the dream. Um, and I used to, I so, but I, luckily I still played rugby for my school, so I could play mm-hmm. football um, on the weekends. But then my school played on like Wednesday evenings, I think it was back then. So luckily I got to play both, but definitely football was my first love. That or a boy band. I wish I, if I could go back in time, <laughs> I'd have gone to a couple of auditions and just just see what happens, you know. Well, you're looking for potentially a new job after rugby. Maybe the boy band career could still happen. This you know, very true. If anyone's after a middle-aged <laughs> has-been who can't really sing, but he'll give it a good go, then yeah, give me a shout. <laughs> then he's in. So who are your sporting heroes then? Will it be, you know, rugby legends or will it be maybe football players that you looked up to growing up? Yeah, it was footballers. For me, I'm a, I'm a Liverpool fan, so... Uh, oh, that's Robbie, a shame. Yeah, oh, that's a real shame. I'm a Chelsea fan. Uh, I'll tell you what. Can we end the podcast got- here? Yeah, no, I do. Oh, I've got a soft spot for Chelsea. We live, we live in Cobham, so just down the road from Chelsea training ground. Um, so, but I've always had a soft spot for Chelsea. I do like Chelsea, and I All do right, think then. Chelsea could win the league this year. It'd be between them and Man City, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Even as a fan, it's not even me getting overexcited. I'm like the fact that we've got Lukaku, absolute lethal striker. I, I think we could do it. Yeah, it's huge, and obviously because you won the Champions League. You, I, I really like your manager as well, Tuchel. I think he's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, he's so like passionate, isn't he? And the way he's changed the team around has been yeah, pretty incredible to watch. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, uh, but yeah, so my my heroes were Robbie Fowler, Michael Owen, mm-hmm. Steven Gerrard, um, but then like David Beckham, probably for the whole package sort of reasons. I shouldn't because he's a Man United fan, but. It's David Beckham, isn't it? He was pretty yeah. cool and he kind of changed changed everything in football, I think, the style and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, those guys. Yeah, I think he's one of those that even if, yeah, he doesn't play for your team, you just can't help but absolutely love him. So being a Liverpool fan, have you got to, obviously you've gone to go and see matches, but have you got to like hang out with the players? Are you friends with any of them? Is that, no, or is that working, no, working, work uh, in progress? Yeah, no, I'm still working on that. I haven't returned any of my calls, but um, oh, what? no, I did what, something that was quite cool for my, I had a testimonial year a couple of years ago where we did a couple of dinners uh, to try and raise some money for some charities and stuff. Uh, and Stephen Gerrard um, had given me a signed shirt and done a little video message and um, claimed that he, that he likes watching me play. So I, I mean, I, he could have just, it could have been very generic. Take it. But no, that was quite cool, obviously, for a hero of mine growing up to say, no, mm. I've, I've seen you play rugby um, and I think you're quite good at it. So that was quite a nice thing to hear. He could have been talking absolute bollocks. He probably was. <laughs> but, um, and the, the other one, actually, that was quite cool was I, I've, I've met Wayne Rooney out a couple of times. I've met him once in Ibiza and once at Winter Wonderland. Oh, right. Okay. Quite, quite different times. Yeah. Yeah. Wayne Rooney was there. Um and he's a massive rugby fan because we obviously as rugby players, we, we, we're obviously massively in the shadow of football. Mm. Rugby will never be as big as football. But he was like, oh, we've wa- yeah, we watch you boys play for England all the time. We love watching the Six Nations. So that was quite cool to know that like some of your sort of football heroes actually like watching you play rugby. It's quite cool. Now, I always think with rugby, it must just be so tough on your body just because of the physicality of the sport. And from reading about you a little bit earlier, you've had you've had some freak injuries along the way. 
Yeah, it's like yeah, I've had I've had a few weird ones. Um, look, I'm I'm always this. I've always been the smallest one in the team, so I've always got used to that. And when the big lads get hold of me, like it it, it hurts. <laughs> so I uh, I've spent my life trying to get either when I'm attacking, run away from them, or when I'm defending. I stand behind a lot of our big lads, so right. it doesn't hurt me as much. But when they do get hold of you, they definitely make make you make you feel it. Um, but yeah, I missed out on the World Cup in 2011, two weeks before I, a really innocuous one, but I actually ripped a ligament underneath my foot, which I didn't think was anything at the time. And then turns out it's like a five-month injury. So <sighs> yeah, two weeks before a World Cup, that was tough to take. Um, and then other ones like... Uh, to be fair, I touch wood. I'm I'm very lucky. A lot of lads have had some horrific injuries, uh, and a lot of my good friends had to retire at like 26, 27. So look, I'm I'm incredibly lucky that I've I'm still going. <laughs> I don't know how, but um, <laughs> yeah, I just try and manage myself a little bit a little bit better these days. What's the proudest moment in your career so far? Do you think? I'm sure there's so many highlights, but if you you know had to pick one. Oh, it's a good question. Um, I've got to say, having my whole family and especially my kids uh, at Twickenham a couple of months ago to watch us win the league, mm-hmm. I think for me has to be the favourite memory because everyone that I, that I love was was there. Um, mm-hmm. And then they got to come on the pitch after. Uh, and my, my son's now at an age where he gets it. Like he, he understands like what it means to win something. And I mean, he just looks at the leaderboard and he says, well, they're obviously the best team because they're number one. Uh, and we were obviously playing against Exeter who were number mm-hmm. one. We were number four. And after the game, after we'd won, I said, Blake, did you actually think we were going to win? He said, daddy, no, I did not <laughs> think you were going to win that. No chance. He said, they are so much better than your team. I was like, okay, but no, we, right. we did. Yeah. So no, it was amazing to, I've got a picture of me and the kids lifting the trophy and then, after the second day of um, party and afterwards, I brought the trophy home and, and um, put it in my son's room because he was like, do you think you'd be able to bring it home? And I was like, I'll try my best. I'll try my best. And literally all I was thinking of going into that final was he wants me to, he wants to win so badly. Like I, I have to do it. I have to do it for him. So yeah, I put the trophy in his bedroom and he woke up in the morning and he ran in. He's like, the trophy's here. And it was like- That's amazing. See yeah. the joy on his face um, make, makes it, that's, that's my favourite moment. Yeah, that's quite something, isn't it? Okay, Danny, it's time to mix up those letters and move from the who's to the how's. So how tall is Danny Kerr? People want to know. <laughs> oh, dear. I can't lie either, eh, can I? Um, so I always say 5'9". I always right. say five nine because I think anything under five nine, everyone's like, oh, oh, he's he's small. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, the real answer is probably five eight and a half, but I roll with five nine. Yeah, that's all right. That's, Round it up. We'll go with that. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I wear a lot of shoes with heels on. I have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The platform. Sometimes you got to do it. You do. Everyone needs those extra inches, <laughs> don't they? Uh, this is the question that makes all our guests squirm. How much is Danny Care worth? Oh wow, not enough. Oh. Generally, not not enough. No. Uh, oh god, I, I wouldn't even know. 
I wouldn't even know. Um, we don't obviously have, it'd be easy to say in football because you've got transfer fees, but we don't, mm -hmm. we don't have transfer fees. So I know my club's not paying me half as much as they should do. That's what, that's what I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to know how much I'm worth. Probably not a lot these days. Um, I know if I ever get a, you know, a good payment for a presenting job, I always treat myself and my partner to like a nice holiday. Is that how you'd spend your money? And if so, like what's the best trip you've ever been on? Yeah. Me and my wife, we do love it. We do love a holiday. Um, pre wife, I would say that Vegas was the most of course it was. I've, I've ever been. It's just, it just, you can't explain it. I don't think till you've been there. I think it's like if ever I give advice to people about when they haven't had a child yet, I say, you can't explain it till it happens to you. But I think, I think Vegas is similar. Like it's, <laughs> I mean, the journey over there is incredible. The journey back is the worst experience of your life, that flight home. Um, but yeah, it's a special place over there. Uh, but post wife. So during midwife, no, Whilst I'm married, yeah, we like we've been to some cool places. We love the Maldives. We did that mm -hmm. when uh, Jodie was pregnant with Blake, actually, so she couldn't properly enjoy it. Um, but we've done the Maldives. We love Dubai. The kids mm. love Dubai. It's easy and fun. And we did three weeks in Mauritius, which we absolutely loved. Oh yeah. Um, so I would say I I really like Mauritius. I think Mauritius was beautiful. So I'd, I'd say there. Okay, what's what the you? most... What about you? What about you, Abby? Can oh, you tell me um, your best place? My best place is probably New York, just because that was the first time I'd been to America, and it was just like... It's just like the films, isn't it? It, it, it doesn't disappoint, and it's it's amazing. But um, we got married a few weeks ago, and we're going to do an American road trip. Thank you. We're going to do an American road trip next year, and I feel like surely that's going to then be my favourite, because we're going to get to do the whole of the West Coast. So yeah, oh, really, amazing. really very excited about that. Amazing, yeah. So what's um, your most like straight up ridiculous purchase? You know, you must have got like your first sort of check and you just thought, you know what, I'm going to splash the cash on this. And you look back and you're like, what a bloody idiot. <laughs> yeah, I did exactly that. I, I literally <laughs> did exactly that. When I, because I, I had a year, I'm from Leeds, I had, a, I had a year out of school and played for my local club Leeds. And then we actually got relegated. So I had to make the decision to drop down into the championship and play that year or play in the premiership and go and find a new club. So um, Harlequins came in for me and then I ended up signing for Harlequins on a lot more money than obviously I was on the year before. So, and I always said to myself, as soon as I could afford or not even afford or just, <laughs> I could, I have the option to, to get a Range Rover Sport and buying one. Mm. So, and it was obviously a ridiculously stupid decision because <laughs> at 19, when I came down to London, I hardly had any money in the bank, but I knew I was going to get some money in the next few months. So yeah, my agent at the time was like, what do you, what do you think, Ferrari? And I was like, mate, I can't, I can't Ferrari. <laughs> I'm not a footballer. So I bought a Black Range Rover Sport and it was the best. Ooh, I, I, nice I car. So, yeah, it was a beautiful. I was so happy with it. Um, but yeah, when I realised like what what am I doing? Like why <laughs> why have I bought especially a brand new Range Rover Sport? Like, yeah, obviously I should have bought a two year old one or whatever. But yeah, I went from a little Fiat Punto, which was a my it was so cool, it was like the best car ever, <laughs> to a Range Rover Sport. Um, and then someone actually crashed into it the first week, so it was car. Oh, don't it was car yeah. for me. 
Really? Yeah, being too I flashy. Thought, I thought I was the man driving around this range. <laughs> and then someone actually hit my punto because I still had it. I was about to sell it into the range. And then the punto completely crumpled and the range back was awful. But the punto got a write-off, so I actually got a bit more money. I didn't have to bother selling oh, it. Wow. And then the Range Rover went in for a bit. Um, but yeah, stupid purchase, but it was my dream to buy one of them. Yeah, sometimes you got to do that as well, right? Sometimes you just got to gotta flex. This one's a bit more of a personal one. Obviously, in sport, as you know more than anybody, there are highs, but also there are setbacks. And people are wondering and searching, how was Danny Kerr dropped by England? So tell us about that experience. Uh, I don't think he got used to it because it happened, it happened a lot uh, during my career. Uh, we always say like rugby is a bit of an emotional roller coaster. Mm. Like we do, we're so lucky that we get to have some unbelievable highs, like winning the league, for example, yeah. uh, a couple of months ago. But then, you know, you crash out of a World Cup at home where everyone's saying you should win it and we don't even get out of the group stage. Or, you know, you, you play for England in a big game, you make a big mistake, mm-hmm. you get dropped and it's all over the papers um, and you can't hide away from it. I think you definitely get you get used to it. It's, it's still never nice. I think the way I try to deal with it is always still believe in, in yourself, believe why you've got there. And there's always going to be people that want to shoot you down. There's always going to be people that think they can do better than you. And I think it's just how you react to those, to the adversity, to the, to the bad feeling of being dropped, how you react to that shows kind of what the character you are. So I I think resilience is massive in life um, and, and, and in all walks of life. And obviously sport is no different. You have to be resilient. You have to take the, the good times, but also the bad times and just, just crack on with it really. Um, so that's kind of the way I've, I've tried to do it and I always try to do it with a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Resilience, I guess, is even more key than ever with the world of, of social media as well. Cause like you say, you have one game where you're maybe not quite as on as you, as you'd normally be. And then it's, yeah, you come straight off, you look at your phone and I guess you know about it, don't you? So what's your, what's your relationship with social media? Do you just try and ignore it a little bit? Do you have to take breaks? Like how do you deal with that? Cause mentally that must be a lot. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I I like it. I I embrace it. I see the positive side of it, but I can also massively see the negatives. Um, look, when we've we've had, it's normally when we play against either Wales or Ireland. Mm-hmm. When I used to play for England, that I knew if we lost, especially, or you do something in that game that the the other country doesn't like, like you're going to get hammered. And normally the Welsh yeah. probably more. They they really enjoy to, to go for me. So yeah, <laughs> we, I mean, we've, lost, we've lost quite a few times to Wales in big games. And the next day, some of the stuff you read is like horrific. And, yeah. and I think some lads completely take, the way, take themselves away from it, turn off the notifications. Um, I definitely used to read it and then have a bit of a chat back and trying to... And I was like, "Why am I doing it? That's all. That's all they want, really, is for mm-hmm. you to to nibble and react." Um, but the best one I ever had was actually playing against Wales. We lost, and then you know Jamie Lang from Made in Chelsea. Yeah. So he he felt the need to tweet something and tag me in it and say he, okay. said, he actually said, "Daddy care, why the fuck is he even on the pitch?" Right? <gasps> So I remember, I remember seeing all this abuse because I made a couple of mistakes when I came on, and then I saw this, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna bank, I'm gonna bank that." 
And there's going to be a time where I see him in Fulham or Chelsea, and I'm just gonna yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him out on it because you say, you you say like you know you should you should stand up for yourself, and you know I'd love to see them say it to my face. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna test this theory, and I knew I'd see him. And then one random night with the with the Quins lads, we'd been. We were in fancy dress thing. Ugo Monyo was dressed as a genie. I was as, I was like karate kid or something. And we Excellent. were walking out, we were walking over Wandsworth Bridge, like, and then and one of the lads went, Danny, that's that Jamie Lang. And I was like, no way, no way. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go and speak to him and see if he remembers this tweet and see if he'd say it to my face. So I went up to him and I said, Hey Jamie, you probably don't know who I am, but I'm Danny, I play rugby. But you once tweeted me quite an abusive message. <laughs> And I just, I thought I'd ask you if you'd say it to my face. And he was like, oh, no, 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 I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember. And, and like, I remember just Francis running Ball. away. And let me just put this in context. I'm actually good friends with Jamie now because we've spoken about oh, this and laughed about it. But Francis Bull was there and he went, no, 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 you did, Jamie. You did. I remember you tweeting <laughs> that. You you thought he was a twat yeah. and you tweeted it. And, uh, and yeah, but he absolutely bricked it, which was quite nice. It was quite a nice way of me yeah. attacking a, one of the, the trolls. You know, I got mm-hmm. out of troll. So yeah, that was quite nice. But now we are good friends and we we laugh about it. <laughs> I suppose that's the thing though, isn't it? People tweet these things and never think they're actually going to no. probably bump into you and you're going to be like, oi, mm. I remember. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. you've got to be careful. Okay, let's move on to the autofill suggestions now. So people are typing in Danny Care, Lions. So the Lions, I never got picked for the Lions. So uh it's it's one of those things that everyone speaks who's played for the Lions say it's the pinnacle, it's everything. For me, I've never had a relationship with it. All my relationship with the Lions has always been disappointment because you you only find out you've been picked for the Lions <clears throat> by watching Sky Sports News and seeing them reveal the squad every four years. Um, but you get, like I think about 60 or 70 of you normally get a letter to say you're in contention. And so for the last four tours, which obviously spans 12 years, I've had a letter every four years saying, you're in contention. So every year you build it up, you're like, oh, this could be the year. Uh, and then I've never been picked. So at the last, the one that happened this last time was probably the worst one because I hadn't been playing for England for a couple of years. So I'd never expected to be even be in contention. But then I got a letter and I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe if I'm not playing for England, but they still give me a letter, then mm. this could be the time. So I tried to forget about it, but then every pundit, every paper was saying, Danny's going, we, we're hearing that he's in the squad. And it's again about social media. It was hard for me to not see that and think, mm-hmm. oh, wow, maybe, maybe it is happening this year. Um, but then on the day where it got announced, I was sat with my wife and I just knew it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. And it didn't again. So yeah, my relationship <laughs> with the Lions isn't, isn't a positive one. I'm a fan. I'll always be a fan. I've got some good friends that some of their best memories are in a Lions shirt. But for me, yeah, what unfortunately wasn't meant to be. How many tries has Danny Care scored? Do you know this? Oh, uh, is this for England or in total? In total, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, I think it must be around 90, maybe 100, including England stuff. Yeah, 95, I think. 14 for England, 69 for Harlequins, two for, for Yorkshire. Okay. I think there might be a few more other competition ones. 
it's pretty they have pretty a, good. They, yeah. Yeah, no, it's all right. That's why, like I say, that's why I picked up the balls is to score tries. In my position, you don't normally sort of think about scoring tries, but that's probably my foot, mm. the footballer in me. I want, I, I like, I like the glory of scoring a yeah. try and hey, giving the large one and celebrating. So yeah, I, I do enjoy that feeling. Do you have like a favourite try? Like, do you have a, a memory that sticks in your in your brain? Yeah, I do. We uh, we won the Grand Slam with England. We won the Six Nations in the Grand Slam uh, in 2016. And uh, I scored a try in, in France, away in France, in front of about 80,000. And it was a must, obviously a must-win game for us, Grand Slam decider. And I mm-hmm. uh, broke through. And, and I, from about 40 metres out, it never happens in rugby that you know you're going to score because the, there was just nobody there. So I was like, oh, wow, well... I've scored it. So I had, I had about in 40 meters, I had just over about four or five seconds to, to really, really enjoy it. And again, all my family were in the crowd. So I knew it was a real special one. Um, obviously it helped us to win the grand slam and I got a good, a big old dive, which the, which was in all the papers and stuff. So yeah, that was quite a cool one. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, has Danny care won a Commonwealth medal? Uh, he has, he he has won a couple, right? I, uh, I won a junior one. I think I won a junior silver, and then I actually yeah got to go to the Commonwealth Games with with England in 2006 in Melbourne uh, and playing in the sevens. Yeah, we won a silver medal. Um, so that was incredible. That was incredible because I was I was only oh god, check my maths here, 19. <laughs> yeah, 19 at the time. Um, so that was an, just unbelievable to be in the village and around all the other athletes. Um, it was just an incredible feeling, especially being so young. And then to win the silver was was amazing. It didn't matter to me which medal it was. Obviously, gold mm-hmm. would have been amazing, but yeah, to win a silver was was really cool. So where are your medals now? Have you got like a full on like trophy cabinet on the go? Are they in the bog? Where are they? <laughs> yeah, I haven't. My dad's got it all. Yeah, was oh, it? I'd lose it. I'd lose them. So yeah, my dad's <laughs> yeah, my dad's got got everything. Um, he's got a scrapbook of every single newspaper clipping ever in my life. He's done one for me and my, and my brother and my sister. Whatever in whatever they've done, school and swimming awards and honestly everything from like five years old. So uh, yeah, my dad's got all that. He loves he loves all that stuff. He's a proper hoarder. Whereas I'm. <laughs> the opposite i'll just i'll just yeah, lose it because my rid. memory's so bad but yeah my dad's got all that nice stuff oh he could do a little danny care museum at some point yeah you know that would yeah, go down well you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay it's that time of the show where we contractually have to force you to listen to some adverts so whilst you do that i'm gonna put my scrum cap on and get stuck into a ruck we'll see you in a minute Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, a brand new podcast bringing together people's real ghost, extraterrestrial and paranormal stories, as well as getting some inside details from those who study the supernatural. I'll be listening through your paranormal stories every week and try to understand them, as well as chatting about my own encounters with an occasional paranormal investigator too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast. Just search for Paranormal Activity with Yvette Fielding. The autofill search is done and next it's all about internet tombola. So I've searched the internet far and wide to find the questions that people have been asking about you and also the stuff that they've been posting about you. We're talking thirsty comments from Instagram, newspaper headlines, fan forums, all sorts, Danny. Right, let's give the wheel a spin and see what it lands on. It stopped on headlines, so let me pick this one out. This one is from the Metro. Danny Kerr defends Joe Marler after England prop grabs Alan Wynne Jones's genitals. Such a good headline, isn't it? <laughs> so good. Uh, but we've obviously uh, all heard about that, like laddish rugby culture. But what's it really like? Yeah, it's, it, it is. It is like that. Like, yeah. I think to put it in context, yeah, Joe grabbed Alan Wynne Jones's balls in a fight, <laughs> didn't he? Uh, on, on the pitch, a little scuffle, and that. But that's that's just what Joe does. But everybody, I think, in rugby it's kind of just commonplace that you just, yeah, it's fine. It's fine to mm. grab. Obviously it's not fine. Like I'm the, <laughs> the listeners. It's not fine, especially in a non rugby environment. Um, yeah. Like when, when lads transition to like a job, a nine to five, this stuff can't, <laughs> can't happen. Like, um, Absolutely for, not. Some re- for some reason in rugby, it's, it's, it's allowed and it's encouraged almost. But yeah, I think lads are just lads. It's rugby. It's kind of that environment where um, you see each other naked every single day, and yeah, you lads grab each other's willies. And, and <laughs> it stuff. happens. It happens. Yeah, I don't know why it's weird, but it happens. Yeah. Have you been in any bust ups on on the pitch? I mean, what's what's the worst one that you can remember? Um, see, in rugby these days, there's not. You can't. No. You, back back in the day when I first started, there was all sorts going on eye gouging, um, f- uh, fish hooking, 
all that sort of stuff. I remember Jesus. Serge Betson, who's like a French legend, old captain of France. He he fish up to me once in a game and was laughing about it. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, I remember. I remember it. And this is the, when you used to be able to stamp. So I, as a scrum half, I used to be able to stamp on people in the rook uh, to get the ball out. So Serge Betson had done this to me and I said, I'll get you. I'll, I will get you back. And then I remember he was, he was, this is bad for me, but I should, I, people probably think bad of me after this, but he was in the bottom of a rook and his knee was right next to the ball. And he, I looked at him in the eye and I, was, I, was, I said, remember you fish hooked me? And he was like, no, 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 Danny, no, no, no. And I just, with all my studs, with all my might, just stamped on his knee so hard and he was squealing. And it sounds awful, but you were allowed to do it. Let me just put this in context. Yeah. I, would only, I only did it to him because he fish hooked me and he did it on purpose and was laughing about it. But that sort of stuff used to happen. You do that now, you, you've got a 10-week ban. Um, but back in the day, it was a lot more ruthless than it is now. What is the most Joe Marler thing that you've seen Joe Marler do? Because we all know he's capable of, capable of all sorts, really. Yeah, um, I think... He did you see the the him and James Haskell with the water squirting fight on the pitch? Oh right, yeah, 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 one? yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had a little bit of a set two, and then Marla and then Marla and Haskell are really good friends from from England, and Marla obviously squirts Hask with the with the water bottle, and Haskell like when he loses it, he fully loses it, and we knew like we'd he'd lost it. He'd lost it, and he fully went and grabbed Marla by the throat and threw him on the floor and gave him all the shit. I didn't, re- I hadn't realized at this time that it was because Marla had squirted him with a water bottle. God's honest truth hadn't w- hadn't worked it out yet, and I had a water bottle on my in my hands. And then as Haskell's coming over to the referee to get told off and eventually sent to the sim bin, I squirt him again. I didn't realize Joe had already squirted him. <laughs> And I squirted him in the face. I was like, Hask, what are you doing? Calm down, mate. And he was like, and I could see he was like that. And yeah. then, he, then he went off, but I hadn't realised that Joe had done it. But that's Joe. He's a wind-up merchant. Um, <laughs> I mean, he used to... I remember when he was younger, he came in with just literally a bright orange Mohican. And he had one of our friends at the club, Ollie Cohen, had a sausage company called Jolly Hog and Sausage. He still does. It's doing really well now. But this is early days. And for a bit of advertising, he'd had Jolly Hog and Sausage no. with his hair shaved into the side of his head. And he just, he didn't care. He was just like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. I'll do that. And, uh, and oh, now Jolly Hog and Sausage do really well. So they, they, they need to thank Joe. Yeah, it was Joe's advertising that got him up and running, I reckon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next, it's landed on Twitter. The comment is... Oh, God, how insufferable is Danny Kerr going to be after today's game? Bristol versus Harlequins. <laughs> and then somebody's replied, like the legend he is, he'll be 100% focused on next Saturday. And then the original tweet has gone, yeah, he's pretty class, to be fair. <laughs> oh, that's so, yeah. yeah, so there was, there was a lot of love. Uh, how did you handle that incredible win? Yeah, that was a bit that was a bit bad because we were, we were 28 nil down after... 20 minutes. I remember me and Marla looking at each other behind the post going, oh, going, fuck. Yeah. Like this is, this is so bad. This is embarrassing. And then 
something happened again i believe that something everything happens for a reason sometimes i believe we were something in the air was making us win that game so we and it just things just turned it just uh, that's a great thing about sport it can just turn it was a bit we called it the miracle of bristambul a bit like you know liverpool um mm -hmm. against ac milan it was a bit like that like we were so far down we were awful and they were brilliant and then something just switched and we were we turned into brilliant and they were awful and uh and it went to extra time and we got the win and it was like the most surreal experience because everyone thought Bristol, they're going to win it. They finished fourth. We finished, uh, they finished first. We finished fourth. Sorry. We had to play them away. Um, and then when we beat them, it was like, wow. And then everyone's going, they can't do it again. They can't back it up again and beat Exeter. And we were kind of like, why not? Like, why, why not? Like, we believe we can do it. We believe we can, we're, all we're going to do is have fun and see what happens. And then, and then we did it. Yeah, so it was it was really cool. What are you like as a as a loser? Are you a sore loser? Would you say? I don't like losing. I really don't like losing. Um, but I think definitely as I've got older, perspective is huge for me. And I think the best sort of perspective I can have is with my kids. Um, I come into the house and. I mean, Blake will give me a hard time because he'd be like, "Yeah, you, you didn't, you, you Quins were shit today." We <laughs> won't say shit, but he'll be like, "They, you were awful today, weren't you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, we didn't, it didn't." I'm kind sorry, of but Koa just, she doesn't care. She doesn't. <laughs> she's just happy that Daddy's back and back and play with the dolls and stuff. So yeah, she just gives me a cuddle and gives me a kiss, and I don't care about rugby anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's that's I'm. So lucky that I've got that to to come home to to give me perspective and rugby's obviously huge it's a massive part of my life but it isn't everything which I think I'm I'm quite lucky to to be able to say that. Okay, we're going to end on another one from Instagram. It's a little video of you dancing on New Year's Eve 2020. And the comments, they're a big fan of the moves. You have to do Strictly. You'd be great. Next year's Strictly winner right there. I mean, one person that wasn't really a fan. No, Danny, you are not about this life. <laughs> do you consider yourself a bit of a dancer? Are you a mover? Are you a shaker? Oh, I, I like to give it a go. I definitely yeah, will give it yeah. a go. Yeah, me and, me and my wife, we got during lockdown, we got into TikTok and we started doing some TikTok dances and she's a really good dancer she used to do a bit of dancing um i'm obviously not but <laughs> i i'll give anything a go so yeah like it, we we got we put together a couple of quite decent routines and when i watched it back i was like do you know what I've, maybe You're i amazed. could do Ooh. maybe i could do strictly yeah so you never know if you know anyone out there abby it'd be uh, we could talk we could talk yeah. but my wife has she's already said that that's probably a no-go because of the the curse um, oh yeah that's true yeah so obviously she'd be <laughs> fine she'd be fine of course but, but yeah it's, but it's the, the curse it's the curse apparently yeah but we'll see if you know anyone abs let me know yeah, please. <laughs> all right I'll, I'll make I'll, I'll make some inquiries uh we've got a bonus question okay. the wheel was stopped on text messages so one of our producers messaged his sister to see if she'd like to ask you a question, to which her reply was, how did he get so handsome? Oh, <laughs> look at that. How nice is that? 
If this is if if, if you if you're lying and making this up, I don't care. It's really it's really nice. Genuinely please. true. Adam's sister you, absolutely oh. wanted to wanted to ask you that. Um, how often do you hear things like that though? And like how you know full on do the DMs get? Uh, the DM the DMs luckily I think have stopped a, a okay. fair few years ago. <laughs> but no, yeah. Oh God, that's an awkward one. Uh, yeah, no, it's obviously really nice when you hear something like that. Obviously, everyone's got a different different sort of taste. So maybe, you know, they like middle-aged midgets. And if they do, then, you know, I'm, <laughs> I, could tick, I could tick both of those boxes. But uh, yeah, it's obviously really nice when you hear you hear things like that. But yeah, it doesn't, doesn't happen to me very often. You should tell my wife to give me a few more compliments every now and then. That'd be nice. <laughs> Um, that is it, Danny Kez. Thank you so much, and well done on completing Celebrity Search Engine. You did it. How did you find it? Yeah, I, I do you know what. I think I, I was lucky. There could have been a few dodgier ones. So Abby, thank you, producer, thank you, <laughs> and to the Adam producer Adam's sister, thank you very much for the kind message. Okay, before you go, who would you like to nominate to go through the Celebrity Search Engine experience sometime soon? Maybe one of your teammates, maybe somebody that you'd like to find out more information about, somebody you know is going to have some some gold about them on the internet. Who do you reckon? That is a, that's a good question. Uh, uh, a good pal of mine is Mr. Wayne Bridge. And I would like, I'd like, <laughs> I think there'd be quite a lot about Wayne on Online. Yeah. So yeah, that might be quite an interesting one. Him or Joe Marler, you take your pick, Abby. All right. We'll try and get both. Why not? Let's do it. Amazing. Perfect. Thank you so much, Danny. That was great. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to Celebrity Search Engine. Please hit that subscribe or follow button to make sure you don't ever miss an episode. We've got some really great guests coming up and you don't want to miss anything. Trust me. Okay, if you're on Apple Podcasts, then please do drop us a review and a rating. Five stars, that'd be amazing. And let us know in the review or over on social media who you'd like to see on the podcast next. Danny Kerr has nominated Wayne Bridge, but who would you like to see? Let us know. We are at Celeb Search Engine over on Instagram. Until next time then, everybody. Thanks for using the Celebrity Search Engine. 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.